And thank you all for being here once again. It's been a wild summer here at Hope Community Church. And over the course of most of this summer, we've been talking about these things that we Christians do and these attitudes that we Christians have that are just so unappealing and unattractive. And it's wild because if you look at what Jesus has told us to do and told us to be and how he, told, how he has told us to live, it's such a beautiful way of life. It's serving, it's loving, it's caring for, it's judgment-free, it's guiding, it's a wonderful way of life. And so we have this beautiful approach to life that we've been given, and yet so many of us, we can embody these, these ugly attitudes, these ugly mindsets, and so we need to purge ourselves of this stuff that comes from our human nature to fully live out what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Are you aware of this term, Christian? It really means little Christ. Did you know that? That's just a fun fact that popped into my head. And so it was used as an insult back in the day, back in the first century of the church. Ah, these little Christs running all over the place. Who do these little Christs think that they are? But think about it. We carry the name Christ with us, Christian. We call ourselves Christians. And we have been told that, that there is this process that's ongoing, and we're being shaped into the image of Jesus. We are brothers and sisters of Jesus, and so we want to see that transformation process continue. Let us become these little Christs, right? Let us become Christ-like in our attitude towards one another. And so we've been looking at these attitudes and behaviors that are ugly and unappealing because when we repel people away from ourselves, we're repelling them away from Jesus, and that's the last thing we want to do. We want to draw people into our lives and into our churches and into the gospel of salvation in Jesus Christ. And today, today we have to talk about the big one. Today, we are talking about this thing that Christians are often accused of being, and you know what that is? Judgmental. All oh, those Christian people, hoo, 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 they're so judgmental. Have you heard this before? Have you heard this about us, that we're judgmental? Yeah. We have this reputation for being judgmental. Now, last week, we talked about hypocrisy, and when people accuse us of being hypocrites, well, the sad truth is, they often have a point. <laughs> Because we Christians are works in progress, and we are inconsistent, and there are things we do that we shouldn't do, or attitudes we have that we shouldn't have. We are inconsistent. And so when we get that, <clears throat> when we get that accusation that we're hypocrites, all right, there's probably some truth to that. But this whole being accused of being judgmental, sometimes that accusation is just not fair. It's just not fair. And I struggle with this one. Maybe you've struggled with it too. Sometimes I feel like I'm accused of being judgmental just because I don't agree with every single decision that every single person makes at all times. Do you know what I mean, right? I feel like I have to. i got to agree with everything that somebody thinks or everything somebody does, and if I don't do that, then they're going to call me judgmental. Have you been in that situation, Christians? You know the type of thing I'm talking about? You know, a friend approaches me and says, Hey, Josh, I've just met this girl, and it's going great, and she's so wonderful, and she's so beautiful, and we just we line up, and we're in sync, and, you know, technically she's married and has a couple kids, but she promises me that she's getting out of that relationship. Isn't it wonderful, Josh? What am I supposed to say in that moment, right? Well, do I tell the truth, right? I'm not sure this sounds wise. I'm not sure that God is in this. I'm not sure this is a healthy situation. And if I tell that truth, what am I going to get back? A typical Christian just judging my life choices. Come on. Give me a break. That's part of the problem that we Christians have. And maybe it's not just a Christian problem, but when we attempt to interject with some wisdom, and when we, check, when we attempt to guide or correct, sometimes that's what we're accused of being. Oh, you're just, you're just not being supportive. You're just being judgmental. But here's the thing. We are supposed to have good judgment. 
Possessing good judgment and being judgmental, two different things, right? Possessing good judgment, that's knowing, okay, there are uh, uh, beneficial behaviors and there are detrimental behaviors. There are things that we do that are wise. There are things that are foolish. There are things that are right or righteous. There are things that are wrong, all right? Being able to have sound judgment, good judgment, that's an important thing. That's different from being judgmental. Being judgmental is when we appoint ourselves as the judge over somebody else. When we put ourselves in the judge's throne and we decide that we are going to set the standard by which other people shall live. We set the standard. We set the expectations. We are ba 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 the judge. And so sometimes when we get that accusation that we're being judgmental, sometimes it's ridiculous, sometimes it's not fair, and there are other times when that accusation, when it is fair, when it does hit home, we can be judgmental at times. And so we live in this place, Christians, where we take a risk. We take a risk. If we're going to attempt to guide, if we're going to attempt to correct, we might be accused of being judgmental, but just know in that moment, that's not what's happening. And so we live, and what I want to encourage you to do is take that risk. You know, speak up, help, guide, do what you can. Take the risk of being accused of being judgmental. It's worth it if you're going to help somebody else avoid disaster in their lives. But then the other aspect that we have to consider is sometimes we can be judgmental. We do put ourselves in that throne of judgment. We make ourselves the judge over other people. We decide for ourselves what the expectation should be, what the standard should be, and that's, it's not our place. I mean, Christians, who do we think we are? <laughs> We're not God, right? And sometimes I feel like saying that to myself or saying that to others, who do you think you are to judge somebody else's behavior, their actions, or to set the bar, or set the assessment for what they should be doing? What about yourself? What are you doing? How are you living? And so I want to tell you something right now, and this might be the most important thing I say today. This might be the most important thing you hear today. I want to tell you why we Christian people are judgmental. Here's why. We can be judgmental because we're human, and humans are judgmental, all right? It is not our Christianity that makes us judgmental. It is our humanity that makes us judgmental. I know we Christians, you know, we have the reputation, but guess what? We're not the only ones that can be judgmental. It's not our Christianity. It's not our relationship with Jesus. That's not what makes us judgmental. It's our humanity that makes us judgmental. Some of you were with us back um, several months ago when we did the Unoffendable series. Anybody remember the Unoffendable series, the Unoffendable book? And in that book, basically, we're taught this thing that we Christians, we should be the least judgmental people out there, and I believe that. Like when we consider what God has done for us and the grace that he has shown to us and the love and the forgiveness that he has extended unto us, we should be so grateful that, that being judgmental is the least thing that we're going to be about. No, we don't want to be about being judgmental. We want to be advocates and helpers for other people. That's how it should be. That's what Christ wants for us. And yet we struggle. And sometimes I see the longer a person spends in Christianity, the more likely they are to tiptoe into this realm of slipping themselves into that judge's seat, the judge's throne. Let's take a closer look at this Bible passage, <clears throat> this passage from Matthew 7 that Bob read for us. This is in the Sermon on the Mountain. These are the words of Jesus. And if you read this entire chapter, there's more that Jesus has to say about judgment and how we are to assess what other people are doing. But it starts like this, do not judge, or you too will be judged. All right, well, that's just simple. Okay, great. And this is one of these things, if I think, if we Christians, if we knew we were being judgmental, we'd probably stop doing it. 
But sometimes we don't even realize we're doing it. You know, what's the difference between being judgmental and being critical? There's a difference. I'm just not sure what it is, right? <laughs> Those are two different things to be critical and to be judgmental. But where, 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 where's the line? I don't know. Do not judge. Or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. I mean, Jesus is making this point very clear. He's not just saying, don't do it. He's saying, if you do it, others will do it to you. If you judge others, you're going to receive judgment back. When the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. So let's pause here for a fun little moment, church. And I want you to do a little thought experiment, a little thought exercise. I've got a question for you to contemplate. And here it is. You ready? How do you want to be judged? Chew on that for a moment. How do you want to be judged? Because here's what Jesus says. And really what he's saying here is, is a more specific teaching concerning, you know, this whole thing of how we're to treat other people the way that we want to be treated? And so Jesus is taking that broad concept and is applying it to the issue of judgment here. Okay, judge other people the way you would want them to judge you. Treat other people the way that you want to be treated. Judge them the way that you would want to be judged. How do you want to be judged? I'll give you my answer. You could steal it if you want. I mean, I guess the most honest answer would be, I don't want to be judged, not at all, right? <laughs> but if I'm going to be assessed, if someone's going to look at my life and try to determine what's going on with Josh Schaefer, here's how I want to be judged. Graciously. Graciously. Give me grace. Like we talked about last week, we can be inconsistent when someone sees me out there in this world and say, I know that guy's a believer, I know that guy's a Christian. They see me, I don't know, fail, which I'm prone to do, to lose my cool, to lose my temper, or to have an attitude that's just ugly. When someone sees me fail, I want grace. Isn't that what you want? Give me grace. Give me the benefit of the doubt when I mess up. Isn't that how you would want to be assessed or critiqued or judged with grace? Give us grace. And there's another standard. There's something that Jesus says later on in the same chapter. He says that we are to judge a tree by its fruit. It's a very simple teaching, and it's one we often ignore. You know, this idea of you could judge a person by the words that they speak. You could judge a person by, you know, the attitude they have or their demeanor or the way that they dress or whatever it is. But, like, what about what they're producing, the fruit of a person's life? And so I can tell you that I want to be judged not based on my failures but on my successes. What have I accomplished? As little as it might be, what am, where are we growing? Where are we progressing, right? Isn't that how you would want to be judged? Not someone critiquing your failures, but someone appreciating your accomplishments. Isn't that, isn't that how you want to be judged? And so when you look at other people, apply that standard to them. If you're going to put on this, this powdered wig and serve as the judge, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm going to extend grace because that's how I want to be treated, with grace. And I'm not going to nitpick all their failures knowing that I'm going to appreciate their progress. What's that old saying? It's not scripture, but we're looking for progress, not perfection. And so think about this. This is not, I mean, Jesus is not dancing around the issue. He says, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't judge or you'll be judged. Why do you look? Here we go. Here's the heart of the matter. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention 
to the plank in your own eye. How can you say to your brother, well, let me take that little old speck of sawdust out of your eye, when the whole time there's a plank, there's a two-by-four, there's a board sticking out of your own eye. You hypocrite! Now, Jesus doesn't say, hey, you've got no business going around trying to help other people. He doesn't say that. Look where this passage lands. It says, first, take the plank out of your own eye, and then you'll be able to see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. It's so much easier for us to critique and assess and criticize and judge other people. What about what's going on in our own lives? What about that self-critique? What about that self-judgment? So here's what I want to say to you Christian people out there. Judge thyselves, all right? If you've got that critical eye, if you've got that judgment, if you're kind of just fixated on what other people are doing wrong, look inward. Where do you need to advance? Where do you need to grow? Because here's the wonderful thing. All these things that are going wrong in your own life, all these areas that you need to work on, you actually have the ability to do something. You can create that change in your own life. And so Jesus says, if you want to help other people, that's fine. But take a look at what's going on first. Get that plank out of your own eye. Address that hypocrisy in your own life. Get rid of that, and then you'll have clarity. And you'll be able to see clearly to help other people out along the way. All right, I wasn't planning to share this. Can I, can I share something with you that's, I mean, kind of embarrassing, kind of vulnerable here? I went through an experience, all right, leading up to my sabbatical during the pandemic time where I just found myself really disappointed with Christians. I was really disappointed at Christians fighting with each other in line Members of our own church fighting in public, fighting online, people fighting over masks, people fighting over vaccine, and it just really weighed heavy on my heart, and it made me so disappointed. And then I had an experience just before I left for sabbatical that made me realize that I have no business, I have no right being disappointed by anybody else. I just don't. And there is some kind of line that gets crossed for those of us who are pastors or, or leaders in the church, some kind of line that can be crossed where it's like, okay, we want to help, we want to guide, but let's not get consumed with disappointment. We are not entitled to our disappointment. We're just not. I'm not. And I had to realize that in my disappointment, what I was really doing was judging, judging other people. My first day of sabbatical, it was Father's Day. Josh Peterkin gave the message I was here. I tried to do a closing prayer. I cried my way through it. It was really pathetic. It was really pathetic. So I make it home that afternoon. I'm just sitting in the backyard like, okay, now what? <laughs> now what? Right? Dealing with my woundedness, dealing with my stress, dealing with my anxiety, dealing with my strained relationship with God. Now what? And so it was Father's Day, and you know, Holly and the girls said, well, what do you want to do to celebrate? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And so we put on a movie together as a family. <clears throat> We put on Batman Begins, one of my favorite movies, right? Is that appropriate for little ones? I don't know, but we watch it. It's a good movie. And so I'm very, you know, I've seen this so many times, and I know what's happening. I know the plot, and I'm not really even paying attention. But there's a scene where Bruce Wayne's mentor says to him, now is the time to journey inward. And I thought to myself, you know what? That's what this sabbatical is about. Now is the time for me to journey inward. 
Not be focused about, oh, this person over here is doing something wrong, and this person over here is doing something wrong, and this person said something nasty, or these people are fighting a line. Would you guys just behave yourselves? No. Stop looking outward, and it's time for me to start looking inward, to take that speck, to find that plank in my own eye and remove it. Where am I failing? Where do I need help? Where do I need correction? <laughs> Where do I need correction? How's that for a fun question to ask yourself this afternoon? Where do I need to be corrected? Where do I need to be led? Can you imagine the difference that we could make as a church if all of us just focused on what's going on in my life, what's going on in my heart? And if we address those planks in our eye, we become more capable of gently guiding and correcting others and taking the speck out of their eye and helping them along the way. Isn't that what we want to be about? And so my Christian brothers and sisters, those of you who are saved, here's what I want to say to you. If you feel that tendency to critique, to judge, and, and we all can be that way, right? Some of us more than others. If you feel it, turn it inward. Turn it inward. Focus on removing that plank from your own eye. Focus on the issues on your own heart. And then then you will have perspective and clarity, right? In Jesus Christ, I fully believe this. We are called to be advocates for humankind, advocates, helpers for humankind. The motivation isn't, I'm disgusted by the behavior of these people and it needs to change. No, 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 no. The attitude is, wow, I've been forgiven so much. I've received salvation and I want others to find the life that I found in Jesus. That's very different. <laughs> Those two approaches to Jesus and to others are very, very different. And so when we feel that need to judge, just point it inward. <laughs> point it into your own life. And when you look at other people, see yourself not as their corrector, but as their advocate. There's an old saying, again, it's not scripture. What is it? Um, people don't care about how much you know until they know how much you care. You know that? Did I say that right? People care what you know until they know how much you care about them. And so let's be a people that, that show the fact that we do care about others, that we genuinely, I mean, our genuine motivation of our hearts is not to manipulate or control or correct, but our genuine motivation is to help others find the gospel of salvation in Jesus Christ and to experience life in him. Isn't that what we should be about? Isn't that what we've been called to? And so here's the beautiful thing. When we take that attitude, I'm here to help, not I'm here to correct, not I'm here to judge, but when we take that attitude, I'm here to help, that is magnetic. It draws people into our lives. It draws people into our church. But most importantly, <laughs> it shows people the way to Jesus so that they have the opportunity to receive salvation in him. So let's be about that work. Let's not be correctors. Let's not be judges. Let's be advocates. Amen? Let's pray on that. Actually, please stand as you are able to join together in prayer. Jesus, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your perspective. We, we thank you so much for the way that you look at us, for the way that you see us. You see us as valuable. 
You see us as worthy of your love. You see us as worth dying for, Jesus. You have set for us the ultimate example of advocacy. You are here for us. And so, Father God, we want to be here for other people, to be advocates for others. Not their judge, not their corrector, not the critiquer, not the evaluator, not the assessor. But we need to be their advocates. Jesus, the only way we can do this is by the power of your love, by the power of your Holy Spirit. Father God, let us live out this central teaching that you've given us to love one another. Father, we thank you for all that you've done. You thank you. We thank you for this time you've given us to worship you, to celebrate you. And so, Father, now that this time is over, we pray that our worship of you would continue. Let us worship you, God, with our lives. Let us worship you by the way that we love and serve one another, by the way that we love and serve people outside of the Christian community. And let us worship you by the way that we love and serve you, Jesus. We pray this all in your name. Amen.